This is Real Housewives of the Kingdom, a sweet space where you'll hear from the hearts of fellow housewives in the kingdom of God, some just like you and some really different in various walks of life. We will talk about how God is walking with us through the good and the hard. I pray you'll be encouraged and entertained as we laugh and sometimes cry together. Most of all, I hope it reminds you we're in this together and you are not alone. Today, I'm chatting with my sweet friend, Jenny Rose, a Jesus lover, fire wife, and mama of two who loves all things Disney, just like me. She is a content creator who shares her heart and life via her successful blog and social media accounts called Princess Turned Mom. You may have heard of her. She married my hubby's bestie and in turn became one of mine. I love how that happens. Like me, she was a performer. She always thought she'd pursue a lifelong career on Broadway and the stage. Then God changed her heart. She talks all about what it was like to change dreams and pursue them. Being an official Disney mom blogger with 70,000 plus followers on Instagram and millions of reads on her blog has been both rewarding and challenging. She gives us a look inside what she's learned from literally not even knowing what a blog was to where she is today, as well as some valuable wisdom on responding to people online that are unkind. I'm sure we can all benefit from that. I know you will love our conversation. Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome my beautiful <laughs> friend, Jenny, to the podcast. We have been friends for a long time, and our husbands have been friends for even longer uh, than we've known either of them, and that is how we know each other. Um, and so I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about who she is. Hi. Hello to everyone watching or listening. Uh, so excited to be doing this with my friend Caroline. A little bit about me. I am Jenny Rose, and mm-hmm. I have been a firewife of <laughs> 13 years now, actually together for 15. I can't believe how fast the time is going. <laughs> I am a mom of two to an almost nine-year-old Colton mm-hmm. and almost seven-year-old Rosalie Bell. I like to say that I have Jesus in my heart and Disney in my veins. <laughs> that is my favorite saying. Um, That's another thing we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with Disney and Jesus. I started walking with Jesus pretty much ever since the day I was born. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a really strong Christian family, so I feel very fortunate to have had that mm-hmm. opportunity. And like Caroline said, I met her when I started dating my hubby. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and your husband mm-hmm. met at Disney many decades ago now, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I am so thankful because now I consider you one of my best friends, yes. <laughs> and even though we're the same age, I, I look to you as a mentor as well in the word of Christ and as a sister in Christ, so. Iron sharp inside. Yes, indeed <laughs> it does. So that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And our husbands, like she said, they met at Disney. They were uh, pole climbers in the Lion King parade <laughs> together. So you can, maybe I'll even link a little like YouTube video of that in the show notes so <laughs> people can go and see our husbands yes. in spandex climbing poles down Main Street. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but yes, we um, are, ever since Jenny came into the picture, dating, she is an answer to our prayers. Uh, because we were praying for him to meet someone that uh, would just love him and that loved Jesus, and uh, God answered all of our prayers. And <laughs> like she said, and I got a best friend out of it, so it's amazing. Yes. All right, so today one of the things we're going to uh, talk about, so Jenny is a social media 
influencer, content creator, content creator. <laughs> um, and her uh, online handle is Princess Princess Turned Mom. And so we will touch on that a bit, but I kind of want to uh, start out by talking about where she kind of began in, we were both in entertainment, we both were dancers growing up, and uh, so I want to kind of dive into that. So tell us about your performing, career, education, all that stuff. So, you know, like a lot of young girls, I grew up dancing, started at the age of five, but I grew up in a small town, so my training wasn't super extensive until I got to college, and I auditioned to get into a school that really specialized in dance and musical theater, so I went to Oklahoma City University, and it's known for a lot of Broadway stars like mm-hmm. Kristen Chenoweth and Kelly O'Hara. I didn't that Kristen Chenoweth went there. That's cool. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, they really pride themselves on getting people to Broadway, which was my dream. My ultimate mm-hmm. goal was to go to Broadway. So I knew that this was the school for me. So I went there, and I graduated with a Bachelor of Performing Arts, mm-hmm. In between years, I did different auditions along the way. After my junior year, I auditioned actually for Disneyland Mm -hmm. and got the job. And in between my junior and senior year, started working for Disney as just a summer employment Mm -hmm. and had a great time. Then went back and finished up my senior year of college. While I was there, I did more auditions and just happened to audition for Tokyo Disneyland. Mm -hmm which is where I went uh, immediately following my graduation. Mm -hmm. And it was an amazing experience. I was there for, it was a nine-month contract Mm -hmm. and had a great time. I will say the country is very cold. (laughs) And I was there during winter. So it does make a huge difference in your experience, whether you were there for, they call it either a summer contract or a winter contract. I was a bit homesick. I I don't say that I would uh, ever move there. How old were you when you went? I was fresh out of college. So I was 22 when I went. Yeah. And that's a far way to go. And Japan actually was the first place that I went uh, abroad as well. Like that was the first time I had a two week gig in Japan and, and that was, so that was the first place I went like away to do a job as well, which is, it's, it's an amazing country and the people are so courteous and kind and very respectful. Their work ethic is um, Mm -hmm. beyond um, what we experience here in the States. (laughs) But yes, the the winter definitely had me missing (laughs) California a little bit. I've seen pictures of the Cinderella castle with snow and I've, well, I haven't been to Tokyo ever. I've worked in the South of Japan, but um, I would love to, I don't know. I think it would be so cool to be somewhere where like a Disney castle where there was snow. Snow. It did. I mean, and they don't cancel shows for a whole lot and snow is not one of those reasons. Kind of like Florida with the rain. I feel like Florida rarely cancels. Like you'll still see still walkers walking down the street, even though it's like a little bit rainy (laughs) in California. It's like, it's misty. It's misty. (laughs) We're canceling everything, (laughs) you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked there for nine months and it's actually where I met my husband, (laughs) but we can kind of get into that a little bit later. Uh, So lots of experience working for Disney. And then once I met my husband, I realized that he was the first man I had ever met that made me think 
I might need to adjust my dream a little bit. <laughs> I had dated, I had two serious boyfriends, mm-hmm. one in high school, one in college, and neither of them ever made me feel like I needed to give up anything to be together. Mm-hmm. But once I met my husband, I was like, huh, this is a strange feeling for me. <laughs> I no longer want to be apart from this man. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a part of me missing when we're not together. So maybe my dream of going to New York, because he's based here in Southern California for his job. And so I, I just realized I'm going to have to adjust. That was the first mm-hmm. time ever. Yeah. And I felt like that with, uh, when I met Kevin as well, that it was like all of a sudden, nothing that I thought I might've wanted to do mattered. It was like, I just wanted to be with him and I thought, okay, well, whatever that Whatever comes with that, that's what I want. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's a very strange feeling because you never think you're going to, when you have a dream such as Mm -hmm. Broadway, you never think that you'll let anything, people tell you, don't let anything come in your way. Mm -hmm. But it was almost this aha moment of, well, I think I found the one Mm -hmm. because this is the first time ever I felt like... I just, I can't, I can't be apart from him. I need to be in Southern California. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And uh, I will just say, do you want to tell them uh, how you met him? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> for some of the young kids listening, you might not even know what this is. But you might have to Google um, what this is. Uh, but back before the days of Facebook and Instagram, there was something called MySpace. <laughs> And I was very weary of online anything at this point because it was so new. So new. But being in Japan, I realized I want to stay in touch with my friends. What's the best way to do that? So everybody said, you need to get on MySpace. Okay. So I got on this MySpace and it was interesting because I didn't even own a digital camera. So I had no photos of myself. Mm -hmm. I had a default sunset picture that comes with the computer that I had purchased Mm -hmm. and but I did have a song by Mercy Me because you could put songs on your profile. Mm-hmm. So I had a song by Mercy Me called I Can Only Imagine. Very <laughs> famous <laughs> song. There's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw that I had put, you know, that I was living in Japan and he too had worked for Tokyo Disneyland. So he decided to message me. <laughs> and you could say, you know, the rest is kind of history, but I did have to kind of search around a little bit and ask people if he was really for real because he had he had these very handsome photos of himself and I was like is this some like 60 year old creeper guy that's trying to like pick up on me right now do people actually know this guy (laughs) so I did I went to work and one of my really good friends basically just said oh my goodness Jenny he's Prince Charming he's a firefighter he's everything and more you're single he's single you need to get married and have babies (laughs) and I was like whoa like slow down I just wanted to make sure he was real and so I decided to finally message him back, and I guess then the rest is pretty much history. Yes. And they had their first day in yes. Japan. Yep. He flew all the way to Japan to um, to meet her in person. Yes. And um, yeah, and they basically have been attached. <laughs> Basically at the hip ever since. Ever since. <laughs> yeah, we did wait though. There was a long time. Yeah. We first started talking in September and he didn't actually fly out to Japan until the following January. Oh, wow. So okay. we talked for many months every day, sometimes multiple times a day for hours at a time. And we always say that because our relationship 
although I knew he was attractive, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get caught up in all the kissing and the touching and mm-hmm. this and that. We based our relationship just off of our conversations. And I knew I was in love with him like a week after talking Mm -hmm. to him. I was like, I'm going to marry this guy and we're going to be together forever. And I just knew it. So it it was an interesting process because I had never had a relationship that had started off like that. So it's really cool. That is awesome. I love it. And I felt the same way with Ted too. I mean, we talked when we first started dating, he said, Hey, I'm in this for marriage. And if you're not, then, you know, we probably shouldn't continue. And I was like, Nope, (laughs) I want to marry you. (laughs) I mean, I knew. And they say, I think people think that's a cliche thing, but I feel like when you know, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, So now, so you guys met, you were continuing to perform. You came home from Tokyo. Yeah. And started working back at Disneyland. I did. Started working back at Disneyland. I also auditioned for lots of different regional theaters. So I did. I'm a musical theater girl. So I was Mm -hmm. never into the all like the music video type of auditions. Mm -hmm. I was not that that dancer. (laughs) I never wanted to be a backup dancer for Britney Spears or anything. (laughs) Um, So musical theater has always been my jam. So I got to perform in Oklahoma. All right, so it's Seven Brides or Seven Brothers, Joseph, Hello Dolly, and did all of that in mm-hmm. Southern California. And also was teaching dance at a couple different studios. So I was kind of a little bit everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was doing parades at Disney and characters and special events and still working there. And then doing the regional theaters and teaching dance. I was busy, busy girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and, uh, and you already talked about that you knew you probably weren't going to be, uh, pursuing Broadway, but, uh, once you married, but talk about, uh, what did you always want to be a mom? I knew I'm the youngest of four daughters. So I always knew I wanted to have a family. I just didn't know when that would bite me. I wasn't sure. And I just kept praying like, you know, Lord, if whenever it's meant to be, I pray that you'll just open that door for me, make it clear to me because up until that point, I was just happy being married and the two of us and we were traveling and doing fun things and I liked having a career and being busy and doing the things that I still loved to to do and I had trained to do for all my life. And then eventually... I want to say I was about 28 and it was almost like this, they talk about internal clocks Mm -hmm. and my internal clock, I would start to see moms with babies and I was just like, oh, and I'd get like goosebumps Uh and it was just like, oh my goodness, I think, I think I might be ready. And it was like this really weird shift And I was also starting to get tired of auditioning and I was tired of constantly putting myself out there against, you know, girls that were 20, 21. And I know it doesn't seem like a big difference, but when you're nearing 30 and you've been married for a little while and you're going up against girls that are 20 and 21 at auditions and they seem to be doing backflips over you literally um and and the times were changing too and it was like even musical theater auditions they're like okay now that you've made it through the jazz cut the ballet cut the tap cut um we'd like to see some partnering and they're singing but now who can tumble and I was just like oh, oh my goodness <laughs> what happened to the big 
little days of like, yeah, and chorus line. Instead of your character shoes, you have like stilettos. And I was just like, oh, oh Lord Jesus. Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm fit for this anymore, you know? And my God just started placing it on my heart that I was just mm-hmm. not in that zone anymore of wanting to be putting myself out on the line with all these other girls, hundreds and hundreds of girls at these auditions here in Southern California. So it definitely started to take a toll on me. And that's when I realized I don't, I'm tired of auditioning. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm ready to start a family. Well, and I think too, it's so cool that God kind of does that. It's not like he, you were, you know, ha- got a Broadway part and then God said, Nope, you can't do it. And pulled it away from you. It right. was like, God slowly worked his, like worked in your heart. And because you were seeking him, his desires and your desires like were melding, which I I think is so cool the way he works that. Even for me, I remember when, um, because me and my husband were professional acrobats. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. And um, I remember I had a show where uh, I was in Hawaii and they didn't, Kevin didn't come. Kevin wasn't in the show and I was in the show and we were just like newly married and I was in Hawaii and I was sitting in my hotel room waiting to go to rehearsal and I was just like heart sick. I was sad to be there and I thought, this is crazy. I'm in Hawaii. I shouldn't be really sad to be in Hawaii, but I was like, we started the industry together and he's 10 years older than me. So his body, obviously, although he kind of did it longer than I did. But, um, but anyway, but he just wasn't always at every show that I was in. And I was like, I don't want to be here. Like this doesn't mm-hmm. interest me. If he's not here, I just really don't care. And I don't care to really pursue hard. And like you said, you know, there's that constant of in entertainment, there's that younger generation that's coming up mm-hmm. and they're working hard. And if that is their only pursue, you know, it can feel very tiring to be like, oh, I don't know if I could do this yeah. for much longer. Even after he came out to visit me in Japan, after he left, I was extremely heartbroken. And it was really at that moment that I realized this, this man is changing my life. <laughs> He's altering what I had originally envisioned for myself, mm-hmm. but in such a great way. You know, God always, I always say that God's plans are always greater than our own. Mm-hmm. And he knew that Broadway wasn't where I was supposed to yeah. be. And so when I was so sick to my stomach after he left Japan, I knew. Because, of course, he would—he never asked me to not go to New York. He right. never said, I don't want you to go to New York. Of course, like, if that's your dream, you know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But for me, I was just like, no, I, I, I feel sick when you're not here. I need to be near you. I need to be next to you. If, if an opportunity arises, and I still did go out to New York a couple times after we were together, but nothing, I got a couple of really great callbacks, but nothing ever panned mm-hmm. out. And I just always think to myself that it was just because God was protecting our marriage and keeping us together and it worked out for the best, but it's true. You're your first ideas are never as grand as what God has planned for you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that scripture that says, you know, that he has things for you more than you can even think or imagine. Is like, you know, I just think 
we have this finite idea of what could be good or exciting or wonderful. And when you do pursue God's heart, um, you really do find that the things that he has for you are like more than you could have ever even thought to ask for. Right. You know, after you decide you're ready to have kids, yes. did, did that, well, I know the answer to this, but <laughs> listeners don't. It took you a little bit to get. Yes. So once we decided that we were finally ready to try to have kids, then it took us about a year to get pregnant with our first son. And it was a struggle for me because I was like, but wait, God, you, you gave me this clear sign that I'm done auditioning and that, you know, we're, we're in a good place and we have a home and we're like ready for a baby. And then it was like longing, this, this great longing, which made me realized that I really did want to have a family, um, but it just solidified the fact that good things are worth waiting for. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so about a year after we had decided to start trying, we finally got pregnant with our son, Colton. And um, I knew we had always talked before we ever had kids in marriage counseling mm-hmm. that I would not want to go back to work full time once mm-hmm. kids were born, that I wanted to stay home. Uh, I didn't always know what that would entail, what that would look like, but I knew my mom stayed home with us and I just loved having her available to me when I got home from school or in the mornings, like she was always there. And I just knew I wanted to do that for our kids too. I love that. My mom, um, my mom was home with us as well and I was homeschooled. Uh, but I just, I think that's so sweet. And I think God, I've seen God just honor your desire to do that and seeing you blessed so much with your kids and just you feeling blessed as a mom because you made that decision. And I've loved watching that over the years. Like I was so excited when you told me that that was your heart when you, before you have Colton. And it's been so cool to see that. And it's been so cool to see how God didn't forget about the fact that he made you a creative person right? and that he didn't, he didn't leave that in the dust. It wasn't like you said, Oh, well, I'm like done with Broadway and all these things in performing and I'm never going to like do anything creative again. Um, you started blogging. Yep. <laughs> and, and I didn't even know what a blog was. <laughs> And you want to see, and Rosie was already born when you started your blog. Right. So I had Colton and then about, we, we had a miscarriage in between kids. And I always like to share that just because I always like to share trials and tribulations that God has like, he brought us through and I can see the other side. Um, and have a whole blog post on that. We can link that in the, we'll link that in the bio. Yes. And you know, I struggled with postpartum Mm -hmm. after both kids. Staying at home was not exactly what I had envisioned at first. (laughs) I think we are in a very sweet spot now with their ages, but in the beginning, I really struggled. Colton had a speech delay. He wasn't talking and he didn't sleep very well. (laughs) He didn't sleep well. I had to hire someone to help us sleep train. I've got a blog post on that. I mean, I struggled with a lot of things when they were babies. The fact that my husband works 40 hours at a time, it was very isolating and lonely for me. I don't know if people realize that who don't have firemen for husbands. So when you're 
when your fire husband goes <laughs> away to work, he spends the night there. Yes. What is the long, like, I mean, other than major fires or something, what is generally the longest? How many nights away? So he's, his normal shift is supposed to be 48 hours at the firehouse, and then he's home for a couple days. Um, sometimes there'll be a, what they call a force hire, and he's forced to stay for an additional 24 in addition to the 48 that he's already worked. Um, so, you know, he could be gone two to three days at a time. And when you have a newborn baby that's not sleeping, <laughs> you are losing your mind. And not, and I, I say that jokingly now because I am through it. I am through the fog. But if you are in that fog right now, um, I have been there. And it is, it's, you need to ask for help. You need to ask for help because... Mm -hmm. It is very serious. I mean, I vividly remember a night when Colton was crying, and I, I knew that he was safer in his crib than he was with me. Mm -hmm. And that is a terrifying thought. Yes. So um, so ask for help if you need it, and don't be ashamed because mm -hmm. I, I was so... I was so ashamed as a first time mom to think that I didn't have all the answers mm -hmm. and you're supposed to automatically know how to do all the things now and you just don't, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, I was embarrassed to admit that. Like mm -hmm. I felt like I should just know now, like now I'm a mom and I have this baby and they're sending me home from the hospital. So I, I must be responsible enough to mm -hmm. figure it out. And I, I didn't. <laughs> so we hired someone to help us. Um, get him to sleep through the night and that wasn't until I think he was like 10 months old I had gone 10 months of no With sleep no sleep I was exhausted so then Rosie was born um two years later and after a miscarriage and I was craving something creative mm -hmm. I was I was mentally bored I was busy with mm -hmm. two kids but I just needed a creative outlet mm -hmm. I missed dancing I missed being on stage, uh, I missed teaching dance, I missed working at Disney and having the friendships that I had there because let me tell you, when you're the first one out of your group to have kids, yeah, you lose a lot of friendships mm -hmm. just because you're in a, just a different stage of your life and it, it just happens kind of naturally and it's no one's fault, but I, I just felt like I had no mom friends and I just needed something else especially on the nights when my husband was gone mm -hmm. I had nothing but to have my world revolve around my kids and it just mm -hmm. wasn't healthy for me mentally yeah well and I remember you noting how the difference between when Colton was born it was close to when you were still like at Disney and still mm -hmm. working yeah and if you don't know I mean obviously like I said our husband's became best friends at Disney. Um, there's a lot of camaraderie there. When you're in the dressing room, when you're hanging out, you, um, you know, you do things after work, you do things before work, you, you know, between shows, you're sitting and just sharing your heart with people. And um, so you make these friendships. And I remember uh, the amount of people that came and supported during Colton. Right. And then by the time you had Rosie, because you hadn't um, been working in that capacity, and not to say that those people didn't still love you of or weren't still, but because 
you're a little bit more removed, you're less of a priority in their life. And that was a little bit hard. Oh, yeah. You know, it was hard to see, wait, <laughs> you know, I love my daughter too. Come and meet her. Right. You know? Yeah. And then like you said, I think so I experienced similar when because I got married young, I was nineteen. And I had friends who were still doing the like single gal thing and like come over for sleepovers. And I'd be like, mm, I don't really want to sleep over at your house. But I found that, uh, you know, that separation from friends as well when I got married. And we also had friends who were married, but there was definitely a very clear, like, oh, you kind of don't fit in here anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I had a friend that suggested that I start a blog and I, like I said, I really didn't even know what that was, but she was like, you're always sharing, you know, on Facebook or whatever. I didn't, I don't think I even had an Instagram yet. Um, she's, you're always sharing cute things that you were doing with the kids and fun activities or places that you go. Just start writing about that and sharing that with other moms and maybe you'll find, some similarities and people will find it helpful or useful. So when I first started my very first blog post, it was July of, I wrote it down 2015. So it's mm -hmm. been six years, which is so crazy. crazy. <laughs> um, and I look back at that first blog post and of course I laugh because yeah. it's so like, okay, everybody, I'm starting a blog and I'm uh -huh. so excited. And this is what I'm going to talk about. And it's funny because I don't really talk about those things anymore. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to share crafts and things to do with the kids and, and, uh, and some party ideas, which from time to time I do still yeah. share those things. But I, I've definitely evolved into just, it's more of a, I consider it a lifestyle blog. Mm -hmm. And I just share anything that's going on in our lives. But I find that the pieces that I write from my heart, the very first piece that I wrote that did the best um was called why I didn't like my baby mm. and I had over a thousand people which at the time was huge because mm. I only had a couple people that were following me um but over a thousand people read it in the first day wow and I was blown away I was like okay so I guess this is what God wants me to be mm. sharing more about because it like hit a chord like yes there were so many people that were like, oh my goodness, like this was so brave of you to share and thank you because I felt this way, but didn't want to say anything. And, you know, it was a lot to do with the postpartum issues that I was having. And it was, God really opened my eyes to say, hey, you're not just going to share about fluff. You know, you're not just going to share about the, the fun stuff that you do with your kids. You're also going to share the hard stuff and the, the gritty stuff that and I always know when it's going to be that kind of a post for me because I almost get sick to my stomach because mm -hmm. I'm nervous to share it, to see what people say, like the feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's that same feeling I would get when I was performing. It's like... <laughs> Before you step out on stage. Right. It's that, oh my goodness, I think I have to pee. I'm really nervous. <laughs> my stomach's turning upside down. And it's that same feeling. It's so crazy that the two of my worlds, they really do have a lot of similarities. You're being vulnerable. You're mm -hmm. putting yourself out there in front of lots of people now. 
and you are subjective to what they have to say yeah. about your opinion on a matter and sometimes it's good and sometimes <laughs> it's not so good and um but those are the pieces that generally do really well on my like for readership purposes that the ones that are really challenging for me that's so it's so crazy because i remember when you started and I think I knew, I knew what a blog was, but I remember kind of not really understanding the whole world of it and watching you kind of start it and seeing you do well with it. And now that I have my blog and, uh, and trying to do social media stuff, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my friend did so good. <laughs> like I see how much work she's put in. If you don't know, if you are seeing posts and things like that, there is a lot of work that has gone into it. It does not just happen overnight. It does not just, I mean, I'm sure there's the random person who like decides to just do a little like private video on their Instagram and gets like a, you know, a million views. Yeah. Yes. But there's work behind it and she's put in so much work and I've been so proud of what you've done. And I remember in the beginning, um, you just talking about, you know, how you thought, what you thought you might share about. And, sure. you know, and I remember you did Fiesta, Fiesta Friday yes. uh -huh. about the birthday parties and stuff. And those are all good things. But I remember when you really started sharing the, like more being a little more, even more candid about your faith mm -hmm. and, um, just being more honest and about all those kinds of things in the real life stuff. And that is also when, I mean, it grew, it grew your following exponentially yes. after that. Yes, absolutely. And I think for me too, I didn't really have any set goals in mind mm -hmm. when I first started out. I really was just looking for an outlet. Mm -hmm. I just wanted something outside of my children to feel like I was contributing to the kingdom of heaven. Like, yes, I can raise my children for the kingdom of heaven and that can, in, it, in itself is a full-time job, but I just needed something for myself outside of my kids that I felt like, yes, this, this is something that I'm doing, not just for me, but for Christ. And I'm using it to glorify him. And I just, it was something that I was craving. And I think God had really unbeknownst to me, like placed it on my heart mm -hmm. to do that, but never really had like a set goal. Um, and again, like when I met my husband, it's like he surpassed anything that I had ever dreamed mm -hmm. for myself in this blog. And that is, it, it's now evolved into something that is so much bigger than me or what mm -hmm. I could have ever done on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not something that I could have ever done on my own. It's totally a God thing. And now we've worked with companies that I never would have thought we've worked with. And we've gone on vacations that we never would have been able to afford on our own. And it's just, it's really been a huge blessing. It's so cool because you, you were faithful to what God was calling you to do and faithful to do the hard step in and do the hard thing. And God came alongside and blessed you with other things alongside of the hard work. So it, it would, it's been so cool to see that side of it too, that it's not just this like nitty gritty hard work that you put in, but God also comes alongside and has really continued to confirm yeah. that what you're doing is what he is calling you to do, which yeah. I just loved seeing. 
Um, what, uh, so you said you had a thousand readers for that first yes. blog post. What was, what was kind of a, one of your first, uh, other than maybe writing that hard blog post, when did you, I don't know, feel like you had momentum or like your biggest, uh, hurdle or goal that you, did you set goals or did you just kind of put stuff out there and then. I don't think I really started setting any goals for myself until at least a year into blogging. Okay. I had gone to my first like blogger conference mm -hmm. and met and networked with a few other people. And I started seeing what was capable and out there of what other women were doing for their blogs. But in the end, it's, and I think I get into this and in maybe the next question too, is that it was never, I never set the goal of a money. Mm -hmm. I never wanted it to be about money because I always wanted it to be about God and what he was doing in our life and honoring him. And I didn't want to be what I know a lot of people consider in. That's why I don't even like the term influencer. <laughs> I never wanted somebody to think, oh, I followed her because she had great advice, but now she's doing a commercial for ketchup. Yeah. And <laughs> I just, <laughs> not that that's a bad thing because you know, right. moms need to make a little money mm -hmm. too. So there's no shame in that game. Right. And hey, you never know. I might be doing a commercial for gluten-free Oreos if <laughs> it ever comes up because I do love them. So Nabisco, if you're listening, <laughs> I would love to do a commercial for your gluten-free Oreos. Um, so that's not out of, but I try not to do partnerships that just don't really make sense don't for me right. or my family, which means that a lot of times I'm turning things down because... They don't make sense, or I'm, I'm not willing to talk about that topic. I've been approached by different things that I gently said, no, thank you. I, yeah. I don't discuss that issue, mm -hmm. um, and God gives me the wisdom, but I will say that it's never been about the money. I do not make a full-time income six mm -hmm. years later, which some people might be like shocked at that mm -hmm. because of the amount of followers that I have, mm -hmm. but it's... And I'm fortunate enough that we don't rely on my mm -hmm. income. So that also takes the pressure off of me to not have that responsibility. But um, it's just, that was never a goal of mine. The goal was always, what does God want me to share? And I think you can see that in what you share. And I don't have a problem with people doing No, uh, they're making a living. Yes. I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, honestly, for how many years did we watch TV with commercials? Absolutely. I mean, it's... It's entertainment and encouragement. This happens all across the board. And so that is not an issue no. to me. But you can see, I think, it, because with the Lord, it's all about your heart intent. And over and over again, if you read um, <clears throat> through the Bible, you can see that that's what God cares about. He doesn't care that you you know, make it great or big or whatever. It's where is your heart at in it? And that is something that I've watched. Your heart has continued to always be for whatever God has called you to do. And, um, and I've been, and I've loved seeing that in you. Thanks, blessed me. And she encouraged me. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be sitting here probably doing a podcast. Well, no, I wouldn't because uh, because I, the first podcast I heard that encouraged me and that I got the fire inside of me to do a podcast was somebody that actually she had shared about on a post that she did. And I went and followed this girl 
uh, Lindsay Maestas and, um, and she's the one who had the podcast and that is what started me. So you never know what you're doing and what it can encourage, even if you don't have a huge following mm -hmm. or whatever, what it can encourage one person to go and follow the thing God's calling them to do. Now let's go into the sharing your faith publicly and sharing your, and your family. I mean, you have just the, you, you know, you obviously decide what you share. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're a reality TV show, <laughs> but, but you do share, uh, you know, and you're, it's a close looking at your family. People know your kids' names. Yep. Um, what has that been like? It's, I will say for the most part, it's always good and people are usually very kind and they love knowing more about us as a family and they love getting to know the kids and their quirky little personalities um and you know we'll get spotted mm -hmm. when we're at the park yep. <laughs> and the first we've been with you and i'm like that's my friend <laughs> the first couple times you're like is this really happening like I'm being recognized because of my social media, you yeah. know, but, but because the Disney community is very small and tiny, mm -hmm. especially here in Southern California, we only have the two parks versus Florida it has four parks and the water parks and, you know, yeah. it's so big. Yeah. It would be, I would think harder to be spotted, but here at Disneyland, it's so small. And so people get to know you pretty well and we've definitely been recognized and, I don't think the kids really get it. Mm -hmm. You know, they know that I have a blog and that I write and that I work for different companies and take photos. Um, but when somebody recognizes us in the park, I think they just think, oh, that's one of mommy's friends. Yeah. You know, they don't really understand yeah. like, that they only know me from social media. Right. Um, my husband, though, he'll, he, he always laughs. He's like, I feel like I'm your plus one, you know, like, I'm, I'm like the, well, and didn't he, the was he with the kids by himself at Disney one time and someone recognized the kids? Yeah. I don't even know if it was Disney. They were at like a trampoline park oh and there was gosh. a woman that came up to him and was like, I hope you don't think this is weird, but I follow your wife on social media and I just wanted to say hi and I really like you guys. <laughs> and he was like. I, I think he was a little caught off guard because it was not Disneyland yes. and it was just a trampoline park and and he was like, Oh, oh yeah. I mean, hi. hi. <laughs> but I always tell people because people sometimes will message me like, I saw you at downtown Disney, but I didn't want to bother you and your family. I'm like, you're never bothering me. Yeah. It's actually a joy to me yeah. that you saw us and that you wanted to say hi please feel free if you're listening, you know, like, yeah. please feel free. We don't, we don't think it's weird. You can always come up and say hello. Um, They're very down. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always try to offer like, Hey, let's take a selfie together. Or, you know, like make sure you tag me and I'll repost it. Or I try to, you know, not make it awkward if you're feeling, you know, uncomfortable, <laughs> but I mean, that's the upside. There are some downsides in the fact that, you know, there are some people that may not agree, although I try to be very uh, non-controversial mm -hmm. <laughs> in anything that I post. Um, but, you know, people can still find ways to nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm not going to go into the details because it's not important. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there, there have been, you know, different comments or messages from time to time where I just think, I'm not sure why they decided to take the time to message that to me. 
Um, but evidently they thought it was important enough. And I read it because I actually do read all of my messages. And most of the time I'm, I will, will not reply because I don't think it's worth my mm -hmm. time my, or my mental capacity to reply to somebody that doesn't agree with something that I've said. And, and honestly, I do try to look inward and think like, okay, how did they take this the wrong way? Did I say this? Could I have said it any better? Mm -hmm. Could I have said it differently? Could I have said it in a more loving way? Should I not have said it? And I will do like a check, a personal check. But if all those little bubbles seem to <laughs> seem to be okay, I'm just I I kindly just block you. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. Well, because it's a it's a huge um, so with the amount of people that follow you, you have so many different camps. I mean, it's you think about so for even someone who just has a personal account, say with even your friends and family that you've known from all walks of life from elementary school and high school and college and work. I mean, even then I'm sure the listeners can relate that sometimes you post something and you're like, Oh, I didn't realize my cousin totally disagreed with me on that. And you're like, Oh shoot. And then, you know, and sometimes someone says something and you think, Oh gosh. And we, and I think probably if, if, if nobody has experienced that in the last two years, then I don't tell us your secret. <laughs> you must not be, you on, must social not be on social media because it's difficult even within that realm, not to mention if you are speaking to a bunch of people who are following her, you know, and some people follow you because you're a mom. Some people follow you because they like to see what you do with Disney. Some people follow you because they love, they love their husband and they love what you say about marriage. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, there's so many different avenues. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it in the world, there are a lot of married people in the world. There's a lot of moms in the world. There's a lot of people who love Disney for different and reasons. First, I have a lot of first responder mm -hmm. wives that yes. follow me and the fire community specifically, but even like a lot of um, police officer wives and mm -hmm. a lot of military families. And um, I try to always acknowledge them and their service. So I think there are a lot of different groups that do mm -hmm. gravitate towards different posts that I may do. So you do have a lot of different opinions, which honestly, if we all had the same opinion, it'd be a very boring world, you mm -hmm. know, and I value those that have a different opinion than me. And I actually like to know more about it and mm -hmm. why they think that way. I'm never so close-minded that I think my way is mm -hmm. only the right way. And I think that's the part of me being the youngest of four kids mm -hmm. is that I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did try to be a bit of a peacemaker and I would try to listen to one sister and then listen to the other sister <laughs> and see where they were all coming from and try to be like, Oh, well, you know, well, did you think about it this way to the one sister? And then the other sister, well, did you think about it that way? You know, and try to bring them back together. Yeah. And so, and that's how I kind of look at my social media is that how can I bring all these different people, all these different walks of life together? What is our commonality? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times for the moms that follow me, we all love our children. Mm -hmm. And that is the common aspect that brings us together. So whether you're pro this or pro that or whatever. It's like, Hey, Hey, slow down. We all love our families. We're all doing what we think is best for our kids and our families. Let's re remember that. And don't think that your way is better than this mom's way or vice versa. You know? And if you, um, have, do you have any like advice on that in terms of most people follow people on social media 
And especially within our current uh, world situation, there's a lot of heated things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice or anything that you would want to say to people who are following someone um, just in terms of coming from someone who's having to kind of filter all of these things through? So for me, I always say, you know, for blogging, who are you helping? Who are you setting out to envision yourself helping? Whether you're a crafter and you're trying to help the mom that's not a crafter and you want to make things easy for her and you're showing her easy craft ideas. Or it's the the culinary chef. Okay, who are you trying to help? You're trying to help people come up with easy dinner ideas. Or for, you know, the Disney blogger, it's like, who are you trying to help? You're trying to help people have a great time in the park and you're giving them information about how to make their day at Disney quick and easy and fun. So I always say like, who are you helping by posting what you're posting? Mm -hmm. And if your post is really not helping anyone, (laughs) then you just, you know, sit on it for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And if you still really feel the need to post it, maybe reword some wording, you know, really pray about it, you know, and see. And then if God's putting on your heart to share, then, then by all means, you know, share. But I always think when I post something that gives me those butterflies, I'm like, okay, who am I helping? Is this helping anybody? Mm-hmm. Have I said this in a loving way so that it's informational or even just like thought provoking mm-hmm. in a good way? Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Um, what would you say, like how God has come alongside of you? Uh, within the moments where you have had uh, mean comments. And the thing is, is you can you can go into it going, you know, I'm not going to let it bother me. <laughs> we all can say that. Sticks and stones, they break my bones, so the words will never hurt me. It's such a lie. It is such a lie. It's a lie. It's such a lie. But Bible says the tongue is actually like a two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly yes. Yeah. what it does and in James it says it's set on fire by hell <laughs> I mean if you've never read uh James the book of James it's a very small book I would recommend reading it it's <laughs> information about the tongue and what we say and how it can affect people but it's so crazy because I think I've watched in um, contrast there is without uh there's great reward with great like difficulty you know and so I think with you having to experience and walk through these things and God's obviously giving you the strength Mm -hmm. to walk through it. Is there any other, uh, is there any uh, scripture or things that God has given you to kind of help walk through that? That might even help people if they are even just dealing with their own friends and family in this place. I like to say hurt people hurt people. So when you get the main comment, instead of immediately being put on the defensive, you have to think they have obviously been hurt by whatever I'm talking about. And now they are lashing out on me, even though they're not meaning to, or maybe they are, but they just needed an outlet. And I just happened to be that lucky recipient that day. (laughs) Um, But I want the cycle to end with me. So I don't want, if I am hurt, which oftentimes I have been hurt, but I don't want to then hurt more people. So I, I just 
the cycle ends with me. Hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. And then it, it's just like this mm -hmm. endless thing. But for me, the cycle stops there. So I am not going to engage in any type of argumentative behavior. That's why, for the most part, if I get a comment like that, a lot of times I'll delete and I'll still allow them to follow me. It's kind of like a first-time offense. Mm -hmm. And then if it happens again, then I will block them uh, or mute them or do whatever I need to do. If it, if I can see that it was coming from a place of hurt, it's definitely I don't want to block them right away because I always feel like, well, maybe God is going to use me in the future to open up their heart. And who am I to speak about God's love if I am not willing to forgive this person and he has forgiven me you know, like a million trillion times. Yes. And that is the beautiful image of Christ's love, isn't it? And it's so hard to remember that when you're being hurt in the yes. moment. Um, but so that's why I don't always want to just block them right away because I feel like that's not really showing them God's love. But if I knew, if I could sense that they, they were really hurt by this topic and I'm not going to dig or ask questions, but I'm just going to say, I'm so sorry you feel that way. And I'm going to let them continue following me, like I said. And then if it gets more aggressive to where, honestly, it's not good for my mental health, mm -hmm. then, of course, I'm going to just just block them. Mm -hmm. But I really, <laughs> really do want to just love on them as much as I possibly humanly can. But even I, too, you know, I'm a sinful person, mm -hmm. and I want to act out in my flesh. So yes. it's, it's hard. Well, and the thing is, is sometimes, I know for me personally, um, that sometimes the best way I can love someone, sometimes I know someone's going through something so I can see that they're posting things that are very angry or very um, difficult for me to process. And I can see when it affects me mentally, when I'm seeing it in my feed and that sort of a thing. And sometimes for me, just even that unfollow, but still kind of like keeping that person. I have pictures of them that I see or that sort of a thing. I can still pray for them. And um, even with Facebook, you don't have to see what they're posting, but you could message them and say, hey, how's it going? You know, good to see you. And I think there is such power in the moving along. And that is like, if you don't agree with somebody, it's, you know, you have to pick your battles and decide what is important. And I think what you said too about uh, your advice on um, who am I helping, I think it's important to remember that even when you're reading something from somebody, well, you know, why am I following this person? Oh, well, I'm following them because of this. And they're still really talking about their kids and loving their kids just because they have a different opinion on this other thing. It doesn't mean I can't love them mm -hmm. so you just have to keep that uh, keep reassessing that and keep praying and bringing yeah. that to god absolutely i mean i have friends in real life that we disagree on things and we've posted opposite opinions um on social media and there's been times where i'm like i think i need to pause on watching some of their mm -hmm. content but guess what i can still send them a text I can still pick up the phone and I can call them and say, like, how are you doing? I, I know you're, you know, 
little Sue Jane was <laughs> sick with a cold last week. Yeah. But um, how's she doing? You know, and checking in with them on a more personal basis as opposed to seeing what they're posting on social media. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's also a very helpful tool for me to just take a step back of what they're posting and just care for them in real life. As a person. Social media, I have to remind myself, is not always real life. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember that and put your phone down sometimes and actually love people in real life. (laughs) Especially when you think about uh, what people's pursuits are and if they are pursuing money over other things and you have to take all those things into consideration, why they might be posting what they're posting. But I always think about how if you're sitting in front of someone and talking to someone face to face, most of the time, no one on social media could say when people are being nasty, it is a lot harder to do that um, in person. And Abby and I, and you too know, being in entertainment, we are around people with a lot of different opinions, a lot of different opinions. And, but yet we have friends who we still love, who we see, who have no issues with us when we're all together in person. And I think it's always important to remember that, that when we're in person, it's so different than online. And a good reminder too, is just remembering that we are all God's children and how would God want you to treat his daughter or his son? You know, it's like, that definitely changes your perspective of that someone's daughter and not just someone's daughter, yeah. but the king's daughter. Yeah. So how are you going to treat them today? Even when they're not, they may not be treating you the way you would like to be treated. How would God treat them? That's, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, delving away from the nasty, <laughs> difficult parts of the internet. Although that was all really good and helpful, encouraging wisdom with husbands. A lot of times have a hard time, like, what do they call the Instagram husband? Yeah. So how was, how is it in your marriage yes. sharing your life? Like your kids kind of, I mean, you know, they get to play with that toy and let me take a picture of you doing it. And that's kind of fun for them. And they've kind of learned, but you started dating and got married all before, even though there was my space, social media really wasn't a big thing, yeah. you know, so we all have boxes of photos and things that are not on our computers, but how was it stepping into doing all this blogging and with your marriage and, and trying to have your husband be part of it? And how did you decipher how much to kind of, I don't want to say push, but yeah. push him to do it. Cause I know sometimes for me with Kev, one time I did a live, like a live video, but I didn't tell him I was doing it live. <laughs> bad idea and I we were on vacation and I was like what do you think and he was like I'm hungry (laughs) or something like that and I was like stop he's like can we delete it I was like I don't think so (laughs) so was there any moments like that what does have that been like (laughs) sure you know he's always been super supportive I think he understands that I this has given me a sense of um, not that, I don't want to say value, but just a sense of ownership over something outside of being a mom. Um, and I always try to remind him and the kids, you know, some women, they go to work for eight, nine hours plus mm-hmm. a day. They leave the home. You have to, you know, 
the kids go somewhere, whether it's school or daycare or whatever. And then, you know, she's gone for hours, you know. So if you guys need to help mommy out or help your wife out with a video from time to time, they're usually good sports because they realize, well, mommy gets to stay home, you know, all the time with us. And if she needs us to do like a little video and us to, you know, get dressed and do our hair, or something along those lines, maybe we should be cooperative because mm -hmm. it's not really so bad since she gets to be home with us mm -hmm. so much. And as far as like our marriage goes, sure, there's definitely been moments where maybe I've got the phone up too much and I think I've learned over the years just because it's accessible to me at all times doesn't mean that I should be using it at all times. Um, especially because, you know, before the iPhone, we could only check social media when we were at home on a computer. And now that it's on your phone, you can look at it any time of day, but just because he's driving and I am feeling like, oh, this might be a good chance for me to look at my phone. I've actually challenged myself not to spend the whole car ride on my phone and to actually engage with my mm -hmm. husband and to talk to him and ask him, like, how was your night at work and what kind of calls did you go on? Um, you know, let's talk about this week and what do we have coming up or what's on your mind and, and really making a conscious effort to not always have a camera in his face or my face or the kids' faces. Um, because like I said, we have had Years ago, we went on a vacation that was sponsored, mm -hmm. and I had an immense amount of pressure on myself to perform all the time, <laughs> to constantly be on. And as soon as the kids were in bed, it was like time for me to edit my photos and write my content and post it online and do all the things. And his perspective was, we're on vacation. <laughs> like, the kids are in bed. Like, hello, <laughs> like yeah. this is our time yeah. and you're working still and you've been working all day taking pictures, like take a break, yeah. you know? And it was in that moment and we actually got home from vacation and we had to have a very big conversation about it. And I had to explain, I felt a lot of pressure and I am sorry because I didn't know how to monitor myself. I didn't know when to turn it off, even though we were on quote unquote vacation, it wasn't a vacation for me at all. And that's a good thing for anyone listening or watching to know that if you see, if you see um, lifestyle bloggers and um, people on social media getting vacations and things, um, Jenny is a Disney mom blogger, which has allowed them to be able to work with Disney on yeah. many different things, which has included some really cool vacations. Absolutely. But a lot of the time, that means that she is sitting there doing content, doing all of this stuff, and it's not just for fun, for remembering. And it is fun it, to absolutely. a certain extent. Yes. But you have to keep that in mind when you're seeing that. There's hard work behind that. Yes. And she's trying to think of fun things and all the things that she can see that can help you on your next vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and that takes a lot. Yeah. And even this last, you guys went on a vacation a few weeks ago. And I think I asked you, oh, are you working with, you guys were going to a climbing place. And, mm -hmm. you were, and I started working with them. And you said, nope. nope. 
I'm not, I'm just going on vacation. And I thought that was really cool because I thought that was such a good, just boundary for you yes. to have. It's, it's much needed, yeah. especially when, you know, we are allowed to travel this past year. We hadn't been, but then when travel started to pick back up again, it was a good reminder for me, hey, we should do like one trip where I'm not working with a hotel or an adventure company or whatever the case may be. And it's strictly just mm -hmm. us on vacation and I don't have to take a million pictures or videos and I don't have to post anything if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I'll just share if and when that point comes. But we have had to have some, some pretty tough conversations, but I feel like I've been able to better manage it now, six years later. <laughs> it's taken me a bit of time, yeah. um, but it's, you know, there's a, a good thing to learning keep. curve. Good. Good thing to keep, all of those things are really good things to keep in mind. My questions was going to be in terms of performing is how similar is it to performing? We kind of already touched on that, but that would explain almost feeling like you're in costume on stage yes. all the time. On, I wrote that down. I said, for both, you feel like you constantly have to be on, like camera ready, you know, mm -hmm. and whether it was going on a stage or whether you did commercials or TV or whatever, it's the same kind of feeling when you're doing Instagram and Instagram stories or lives or whatever. Oftentimes there is that pressure to feel like, oh, I need to be like on my A game. Like mm -hmm. I need to make sure my makeup's done and my hair's done and this and that. And that's why I do try to go on from time to time and be like, this is no filter. And this is me with no makeup. <laughs> this is all that I am. I don't want you to feel any less than just because if I work with a company, I do want to represent myself in a nice yes. way, but that's not me every day, you know? And so I like to be as real as possible with the people that follow me and say like, yes, I do have to be on <laughs> when I'm working with certain companies, but when it's just day to day, listen, my hair is in a ponytail. I don't have any makeup on and I went to the gym, worked out, I'm still sweaty and my hair I haven't washed in like four days. So I try to be realistic in that aspect, but there are a lot of similarities of, you know, you're, you're being vulnerable in, in the entertainment world because you're on a stage, you're being vulnerable blogging mm -hmm. if you're opening up and sharing personal things and then, you know, feeling like you're, you're on and it's very easy to get burnt out in both professions of mm -hmm. entertainment and in blogging. Like you have to take breaks. You have to pace yourself on both so that you don't get that burnout because I've known both in both professions, people mm -hmm. to get burnt out so quick mm -hmm. and easy that have risen really quickly and they didn't take those breaks. And now they've, you know, they've left the profession or people that were blogging, they totally gave up the, the following that they had. And it almost pains you a little bit. You're like, oh my God, oh, all that hard work. They have like over 200,000 followers and they just, they couldn't take it anymore. It is, yeah. It was too exhausting. And that, it's, it happens. It really does, which is why I try to put my phone down at least one day a week, if not more. And try to pace myself and take breaks and be present with my family as much as possible. Which is why you might see like no stories from me on a couple days of the week. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's good. I mean, I think that's good in general, whether you um, are trying to build a following and have a community of people around you online or even just in your personal life. Because um, those of us who remember what life was like before the internet 
um, was a part of our everyday life and access to us was always there. It's always a good reminder to set those kinds of boundaries. Would you say, so I think we're getting uh, here to close. Yep. Um, what, is there any other wisdom you would like to add or anything you just want to add about who you are as a blogger and mom and wife or anything that you want to close with? I think that the perspective of content creation mm -hmm. and blogging, it does look very fun and it is. I love being creative and I love sharing content that I want to do, but there's also that misperception of like, oh, well, she just has to take a couple mm -hmm. pictures and post how hard could that possibly be. Right. And I wrote down a couple of the things. I was like, people have no idea that I'm, that you know, I'm constantly coming up with new ideas or concepts. I'm emailing brands. I'm reading contracts. I'm negotiating my own contracts because mm -hmm. I don't have some big bloggers. They have agents that mm -hmm. help them to do that type of thing. Well, I do not. <laughs> I negotiate my own contracts. I'm shooting my own content. Very rarely do I hire a photographer, although recently I have a couple times. But usually that eats into my budget if I'm getting paid and I'm like, oh, I really would like to just save that. And so, you know, I'm taking my own content. I'm editing those photos. I am writing the blog. I'm writing the content for, and then you have to make a shorter version for Instagram and for Facebook and for Twitter and for, um, Pinterest. And I'm making all those different graphics as well. In addition to answering emails, answering DMS that I get on a daily basis and making sure that I'm answering questions that people may have. And then I'm submitting that work to the companies after I'm done. And sometimes they want to see screenshots of analytics, which is basically mm -hmm. like how many people swiped up, how many people saw your post. They want to know it's, it's all those things. Mm -hmm. And I what, didn't, I'm not a very technical person. I wouldn't say that I'm good on computers or anything. I've just learned over the years, but those are all the things that people don't see. Yes. And I would love for there to be a better understanding and a bigger mm -hmm. grace yes. for all of that because it is a lot of work. It's a full time job. Yeah. That is <laughs> in your home within your space. Yeah. Because I see the hard work you put in and I see sometimes the people who maybe don't have a lot of grace for you in a moment. And as your friend, that's very hard for me to see because I'm like, you don't even understand <laughs> how much work she's putting into all of this. And you don't, you know, you're, like nitpicking when she has this heart to encourage people to love their kids and love their husbands and love God. And, um, ultimately I think that comes across, but I'm so glad that you shared, um, that you shared that with us. Yes. I think showing grace in general, whether it's just in life, you know, yes. let us be so yes. gracious towards Especially one another. Right now. I know. <laughs> right now is hard. We're not going to get into any crazy topics no. because it's like life is too, too crazy right now. But God, but, is good. God is so good. God is so good. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I am going to jump into the rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite vacation place that you have been and why? I know. I know it's so hard because we love to travel as you guys mm -hmm. do as well. I mean, it's just something I've always wanted to do. I'm so glad I found a husband who also loves yes. to travel. So top of my list is our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. We went to Bora Bora and we spent, I think it was 12 days in Bora Bora. And it was just 
Amazing. It's everything you want and more. <laughs> so if it's on your bucket list, I highly suggest it. Wow. Um, and then I also have on my list just anywhere on the Disney cruise. We mm-hmm. just, we love the Disney cruise. It's amazing. We, my husband and I have been on five different ones. The kids have done four and everyone we love. I mean, specifically Castaway Key and Alaska we've done and we're amazing. We also did Europe and just any, anywhere on the Disney cruise, we're just huge fans. Well, and one thing I love about Disney cruise is my husband and I don't have any kids, but we love the Disney cruise because we love the entertainment and they have everything that we would want to do. A lot of other cruise lines focus on like gambling mm-hmm. or there's like auctions. Um, and that is not something that we love. So yeah. we've always loved the Disney cruise as yeah. well. So we did a Disney cruise before we had kids as well. Yeah. We, we did a European one and I highly suggest it to people that don't have kids, you know, they have adult only areas. Absolutely. And I just, I miss the Disney cruise. I know. So bad. Someday. Someday we'll be back. <laughs> do you have a favorite scripture or life verse and why? I do. My verse I love is I can do all things through Christ who mm. gives me strength. Mm. Philippians 4.13. I honestly, I will say that scripture, I don't know, like 10 times in a day probably. I say it with the kids before they go to school, you know, just to give them the courage if they need courage to do well on a test or to even just to be a good friend and to stand up for somebody that's getting, you know, kind of picked on or something that they'll have the strength from Christ to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just love that scripture. I love that. I love yeah. That. That's awesome. And what is your favorite TV show or movie? Uh, TV show hands down is friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could watch that and I do. It's still, they still show reruns on, mm-hmm. I think it's like TBS at night or whatever. And I will turn that on. And I could, I still laugh out loud, <laughs> even though I've seen an episode a hundred times. It's still hysterically funny to me. I love that show so much. Whenever I'm having like a hard day and I just want to escape like whatever's happened or the news that I've seen or anything, like, can we please just end the night with an episode of Friends? <laughs> I just need a laugh. I just need it. Like I can't go to bed with a heavy heart. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so Friends, hands down. And honestly, movies, I there's so many good movies. I was I couldn't think. I was like, I too many there's good just ones. so many good ones. I love of course like musicals, like dirty dancing and footloose and um yeah, just those types of classics. Yeah. Well and I love so I one thing that I kind of love and I don't know, maybe this is like dating me a little bit, but <laughs> I just I love the I love TV shows and movies that took place in the eras where there wasn't all of the technology and things mm. that we have. So eras like Friends, even the 90s, like, um, you know, and that was the years, like Jenny said, we're the same age. So those were the years we were we were kids, but we were grew up in the 90s. Yeah. We were born in the 80s, but, you know, grew up in the 90s. And there's something just really warm and comforting about those. I love movies like You've Got Mail and While You Were yes. Sleeping. And those were in those times and I just felt feel that it just kind of sort of grounds you to just kind of go back and watch something that's fun and funny and yes anyway I am and we're both fellow lovers of Little House on the Prairie yes we grew up watching that show yes oh my gosh I have all nine seasons on TV (laughs) and I love Lucy I mean I grew up my mom would put that on too we would watch all of those episodes so I even though it was way before our time yes we still watch shows like that and I I loved it Mm -hmm. can you tell everybody where they can find and follow you yes so my blog is just princess 
princessturnedmom.com, super simple. And that's the same handle for my Instagram is princessturnedmom. Um, unfortunately, that name is a little too long for Twitter. So if you're a Twitter fan, I go by my name um, at Jenny Hutzler and same on Pinterest. It's funny mm -hmm. how when you first start, you don't realize mm -hmm. you should pick a name within a certain amount of characters. Yep. No one told me that. Yep. Um, so live and learn. My name was now looking back. I was like, oh, I should have just done princess to mom or something a little bit shorter, <laughs> shorter. so that I could have fit the same name yep. on Twitter and, and Pinterest, but oh well. Mm -hmm. That's basically where you can find me and I am on Pinterest and mostly on Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook and on my blog and then a little bit on Twitter. And we'll link all of that in the show notes. Yes. And is there anything that you're loving right now um, that you want to, any resources or anything that you can think of that's... Um, well, I'm trying to think. I always love to share my devotional. I've, mm -hmm. I've gone through Jesus Calling quite a few times, mm -hmm. and I think it's a really good, like, beginner devotional for people that have okay. never had one before. It's really simplified, and it's from Jesus is, like, directly talking, as if he were directly mm -hmm. talking to you. That's cool. And it's really sweet. So if you're looking for a great way to start, um, and they, there's always like a scripture at the bottom. So if you want to follow up with, you know, a Bible reading that day, you can. But if you're like new to faith, um, or you just don't know how to get started in having a daily time with Jesus, I think that's a great way to get started. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, Thank you so much for being on the show. Yay. Thank you for sharing your heart. Yes. And uh, I just hope that everybody listening will think about having a little bit of grace yes. and that they will be encouraged to uh, just uh, when, when they have opposition to lean on the Lord mm -hmm. and that they will realize they aren't alone because we're all walking through this crazy life together. So Indeed. thank you for being on my thank show. Thank you for friend. having me. I love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> okay, all you housewives, that's it for today. I'm truly grateful you joined us. If you know anyone who would be encouraged by this episode, you can easily share it by taking a screenshot and adding it to your stories or feed. You can also text it to a friend. New episodes are uploaded every other Friday. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch them all. You can find and interact with me on Facebook and Instagram at Married Rogers Neighborhood, as well as my website, which I linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed our conversation today, it helps so much if you could take a second to rate and give a five-star review. It really makes a huge difference for me in the podcast. Just remember, we are in this together. God loves you, and you are not alone. See you next time.